Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT Podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. Hey, episode 58 is coming to you from the Factual Data Creations Facility. Hey, any early adopters of Bitcoin out there? How about sliding some over to your favorite old fart in his show? Yeah, that's just not going to happen, is it, guys? I guess it was worth a shot asking, but, you know. Anyway, I hope the weather is better where you are. It's kind of cold and snowy and rainy here. Road conditions are horrible. Well, enough of that babble. Let's start off with some tech news. This from CNET.com. With the release of WatchOS 7.2 this week, your Apple Watch can now let you know just how out of shape you are, you disgusting fat body. The watch uses the VO2 max measurement as the means to determine how your overall fitness level stacks up. Upon updating my watch, I was at first pleasantly surprised that for my age, my fitness level was rated above average. Then I had a look at my pre-COVID levels, which rated me as very high. So I've been falling off since the lockdowns. I don't have to remind you that 2020 has been one heck of a horrible year. If you remember a couple of episodes ago, I was complaining about the high price of name brand web cameras. Well, I guess they heard me. Yeah, I know this has nothing to do with me. Because this week, prices on some Logitech webcams dropped down to normal levels. I guess the company was able to wrestle back some manufacturing space from all those knockoffs coming out of China. Now I know why my script for last week's episode disappeared. My employer was amongst the victims of the latest news-making hack. As I reported last week, the cybersecurity firm FireEye had announced a sophisticated hack on their company. This was able to steal all the tools they used for testing customers' networks. It seems FireEye was just phase two or even three of an even larger hack against world governments and corporations seems to have started with a little-known network security company called SolarWinds, which was hacked earlier in the year. This intrusion gave the hackers the chance to install malware into updates to the company's software product that they were pushing out, which further gave complete access to its customers' networks to the hackers. 
Supposedly, SolarWinds was unaware of the hack until being informed by FireEye. Great job. This company couldn't even secure its own network, let alone that of any of their customers. I wonder who they paid off to get all those juicy corporate and government contracts. Maybe nepotism reared its ugly head in this case. The now former CEO retired on the 7th of December this year. Hey, Pearl Harbor Day. Probably the minute after finding out about the hack. How convenient. I'm sure the sale of huge blocks of stock by the respective company's CEOs will be uncovered in the future. Money talks, and you guys know the rest. Supposedly, this was the most dangerous hack in U.S. history, and we'll be hearing just how bad it was over the next few months. In my opinion, I think it's time to bring data back down from the cloud and for the government to stop outsourcing critical infrastructure. But hey, what do I know? I'm just an old, broken-down XGI and current Fed. Media is blaming the Russians, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. I have my own suspicions. Well, Facebook is very upset with Apple. Well, actually, the company is actually upset with Apple's commitment to privacy. An update to iOS 14 coming later next year or earlier next year will make it easier for users to restrict data captured by apps. This will cut into Facebook's ad revenue, and we can't have that. An article from CNET.com reported that Facebook ran full-page ads. Oh, I find it ironic. In various newspapers claiming that, and get this, Apple's privacy updates are driven by profit and not concern for customers. Further claiming that these damages will hurt small businesses. Hmm. More than these extended pandemic shutdowns have and will? Come on, man. At this rate, there'll be no small businesses left, but I digress. Is Facebook trying to actually convince us that they are concerned for any businesses besides their own? Nice try. The true reason is this will put a huge dent in Facebook's ability to collect data from users, thus hurting its ability to place ads, thus less companies buying said ads, thus cutting into the data-gorging company's bottom line. Hey, have you joined the new age of video conferencing brought on by the pandemic? Have you started using Zoom, the video conferencing app that exploded over the last year because of its simplicity and features? As I've said many times before on this show, though Zoom is technically a U.S.-based company, the code for this app was developed in China, and until recently, the servers were located there too. The New York Post is reporting that China-based executive Zoom, Jing Zhang Lin, I'm sure maybe Chen Zhang Lin, who is a lead tech for security for the company, has been charged with sabotaging virtual commemorations of the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre. These commemorations weren't taking place on mainland China. No, these were taking place in the good old USA. Federal prosecutors announced the charges on December 18th in Brooklyn, New York. So though Zoom doesn't supposedly have servers in China these days, they still have employees that have access to users, meaning your data. And this means that the CCP has access too. So my advice is don't use this app for anything containing sensitive subject matter or data. I know I won't be. I wonder if Mr. Jin is still employed by Zoom. Hey, I'm just asking for a friend. (laughs) 
And continuing on with unsecured apps, the once great WhatsApp has begun rolling out voice and video service to desktop browsers. I used that app when when it was first released, excited that it had a Symbian version. I emailed my thanks to the company and was surprised to receive a reply back from one of the co-founders, Jan Coombe, who thanked me for using the app and said it was not a problem putting it on Symbian. Not many people were putting new apps on Symbian at that time. Eventually, Facebook purchased the company and both founders have since departed upon realizing the data vacuuming direction the new owners are taking it. So, use at your own risk. Against all indications, it seems there will be an upcoming Samsung Galaxy Note after all. Many tech sites have been predicting this model's downfall for a few years now, with many predicting that 2021 would be the first year Samsung would go noteless. The Korea Herald is reporting that Samsung will indeed release a new Galaxy Note in 2021, but still has plans to kill off the groundbreaking phone model. When the first Galaxy Note was released, it was derided by the tech press because of its large screen size. At the time, I think it was 2011, the common screen size of a smartphone was between 3 and one half to 4 inches. The first Note featured a 5.3-inch OLED display, and though I was amongst those who thought it was way too large, I envied that beautiful screen. I was never tempted to purchase one, though, because I disliked the company's TouchWiz software, which ran on top of stock Android. It's funny to think that the original screen size is dwarfed by current screen sizes, with 5.3 inches being considered on the small side these days. Heck, the new iPhone 12 mini sports a 5.4-inch screen, and it's considered tiny these days. Samsung's regular Galaxy phone line has inherited many of the features of the Note, and with its reported decline, I guess the regular Galaxy line will eventually inherit all of them. And with modern screen sizes almost touching 7 inches, it makes no sense to have two separate phone hardware lines. What do you think? The tech world is winding down for the holidays, so news was... Very light this week. Tech I'm using. The New York area in which I reside experienced a snowstorm this week. The first in a couple of years, if I'm remembering correctly. And I had to actually go outside and shovel some snow. It had rained in between snowfall, so the snow itself was icy and heavy. While shoveling, I was wearing my Apple Watch and my Aura Ring. I figured that I'd get a good workout and it would reflect on my wearable tech applications. Shoveling was hard and my heart rate was soaring. I measured that by the amount of heavy breathing and short breaks I was forced to take. Upon completing the task, which took about 30 minutes, I looked at the stats and was credited with six whole minutes of exercise activity on my Apple Watches app, with basically no credit for active calories. The Aura app, which is usually a little bit stingier than the Watches app, credited me with about 50 active calories. I felt I was being shortchanged, or rather ignored by both, and kind of lost confidence in them. For comparison, I can throw around a kettlebell for 20 minutes and burn about 200 active calories, according to my Apple Watch, plus get credit for the time exercising. 
Perhaps I just felt like I was working harder while shoveling because I'm not used to doing that particular task. It's all a mystery to me. All that I know is that, judging by the soreness I'm experiencing, my body sure is telling me that I had a good workout. This Friday, I updated my iPhone 11 Pro Max to iOS 14.4 just before heading out to work. The download was 5 gigs, so it took a while, but it was all finished by the time I headed out the door. Everything seemed to go fine until I attempted to text message my lovely wife. I noticed that the iMessage was taking forever to complete, so I moved closer to an office window. The message eventually went through, but it went through as a regular text message instead of an iMessage. After not receiving a reply from my wife, I knew something was up. I restarted my device, and then the phone blew up. Besides a bunch of alerts, I received eight text messages from my wife all at once. I guess the update somehow screwed up the cellular modem. Lesson learned. In the future, I will test the phone once I'm off Wi-Fi upon updating. This next thing is more like tech I'm interested in versus a tech I'm using. With all the news lately about data-gouging companies and their apps and devastating hacks, wouldn't it be nice to have a phone that didn't arbitrarily tell the world all about you to everyone around you? Apple iPhones are trying to present themselves as that kind of device, but to be real, they are still spitting out personal information by the second. While listening to the No Agenda podcast, the hosts were discussing an Android-based hardened operating system called Graphene. It runs on Pixel devices only and features no Google services or apps on board. Sounds like a perfect off-the-grid phone to me. My son and I will be looking into Graphene as well as other hardened operating systems. Now we have something to do with all those used Pixel phones we have laying about. Entertainment News Seems that former and, I guess, current movie heartthrob Tom Cruise had a breakdown of sorts on the set of his new film, which is part of the Mission Impossible series. In a, in air quotes here, leaked audio snippet, the actor is heard laying into his production crew in an explicit language-filled rant about following COVID procedures. He can be heard threatening to fire production crew members for breaking protocols. I'm envious of his ability to crank out a rant with such ferocity. Yes, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. This rant was supposedly triggered by Mr. Cruz witnessing two members of the production team standing closer than the suggested six feet apart from each other. Of course, the MSM is on old Tom's side. I mean, COVID is really important and we peasants should have that message drilled into our miserable little brains. I agree with the podfather, Adam Curry, and former Scientology member and actress Leah Remini on this one. They both believe Tommy Boy was just acting. They base this on the fact that the Church of Scientology controls Mr. Cruz and all facets of his life. That organization would have done all in its power to prevent the leak of that audio, and failing that, would have attempted to discredit the publisher of the so-called leak. Move along, nothing to see here, just some more COVID theater for the unwashed masses. Ex-U.S. President Barack Obama has released a list of his favorite books, movies, and television shows for the year 2020. 
The books he liked are predictable, meaning they're virtue-signaling, race-baiting, and the like. The movies followed his formula, and like his book selections, I haven't read or watched any of them, nor do I plan on doing so. His television picks include a couple that I have in fact watched, one being Better Call Saul, which I lost interest in, and The Boys, which I enjoy. The common thread of Mr. Obama's selections is that there are no uplifting tales here. Everything is bad and getting worse in these stories. I looked at the synopsis of the movies and books to reach this opinion. I didn't bother with the television shows. Now, do I believe that the ex-president actually read all these books? No, I think this was a list created for him by some handler. As far as the movie selections go, he might have watched some of them. The television shows? Yeah, he probably watched those. I know many people around the world have a high opinion of the man and his presidency. I have no fond memories of those eight years, at least ones that I can recall. Well, Disney Plus's original series, The Mandalorian, Season 2 has wrapped. Though I felt it wasn't as good as the first season, it was still enjoyable overall. Season 1 set such a high bar that no follow-up season could hope to match it, in my opinion. We learn a few things this season, and it has kind of a sad climax, but it set up the third season well. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to describe anything that went on during the season. I don't want to be that guy that spoils it for those who haven't watched this show yet. Now I'm just waiting for Apple Plus's various series to return. I enjoyed a few of them last year. Here's hoping they don't disappoint this year. Podcast news. Spotify has remained busy. They just inked a multi-year deal with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, also known as Prince Harry and, uh, I guess, Princess Meghan's Archwell Audio Company. You just know major bags of money were thrown towards the royal duo. According to the press release from Spotify, which reads more like an advertisement for the streaming service rather than an announcement, the couple promises podcasts that will inspire... Inspire what is the unanswered question at this point? Inspire us to be so self-centered that we're kicked out of our royal households? Inspire to think we are so important that the U.S. government should provide our private security at no cost? No! Maybe we can be inspired to bloviate woke talking points at every appearance, yet don't contribute one pence of our own precious fortune to help those we give lip service to. I predict this exclusive deal will go the way of Michelle Obama's exclusive podcast, which, if you haven't noticed, is not so exclusive any longer. That was because no one was really listening to the former first lady, and no one will really listen to these two, and I quote, royals. There's a reason we don't have royalty in this country. We haven't listened to royalty since the year 1776. So what makes them think we'll start listening now? Just more rich people trying to tell the common folk what to think and how to live our lives. These two belong in their new home in California. I'm sure they fit in well there. Spotify, I told you they were busy, has also announced an agreement with NPR, which stands for National Public Radio, to distribute many of its U.S. taxpayer-funded shows across the globe. This is great. 
Now, multiple countries can enjoy socialist rhetoric, just like the people in the United States get to do. NPR is, of course, funded primarily by taxpayers' dollars. So do we get a share in some of the money Spotify forked over to them? I don't think so. The idea behind the formation of NPR was to set up an independent, primarily news organization, which wasn't beholden to big company agendas. Of course, guess who pumps major funding into NPR besides the taxpayers? Well, big companies with agendas. And billionaires with an agenda like George Soros. So what we ended up with is the same agenda-driven journalism that MSNBC, CNN, and the like propagate 24 hours per day, every day. Maybe NPR should rename itself into New Pravda Radio. Or how about National Propaganda Radio? And speaking of propaganda, with a capital P, the New York Times has appended the landing pages of their award-winning podcast, Caliphate, with an editor's note explaining that none of the events have been verified. This means that this whole series of podcast episodes is nothing but a fantasy from the mind of the show's now under arrest central character, Sharose Chandri. The ace reporter and host of the show, Rukmini Kalamachi, was reassigned, which is industry speak for demoted. The so-called paper of record admitted to sister partner in crime, NPR, during an interview that the paper failed to vet any of the information that Chandri was feeding into the gullible Kalamachi, who I bet thought she was making her bones. And I'm supposed to trust anything coming out of that trash heap of a news agency? What is the debunked 1619 podcast series going to get the same treatment? This is another fantasy series that has won mountains of awards and accolades. Even a movie and television series is in the works based on this pile of garbage. Even some woke school districts in this country are planning on basing their history curriculum on this lie. I'm waiting for the retraction on the 1619 project. I'll probably be waiting forever because I don't think it'll ever come. Words of Impact In light of the recent and apparently disastrous hack on our country, I recalled a bumper sticker with these words written upon it. There is no such thing as the cloud. It's just other people's computers. Hey, it's time for my rant. I can't rant as good as uh, Tom Cruise, but then again, I don't make as much money as he does. Last week, I ranted about young people being offended by everything and anything. As a casualty of that development, it's that the country's losing its humor. Ask any stand-up comedian these days, and they'll agree with me. Not even self-depreciating jokes are immune these days. When I was a youngster... If you wanted to hear the funniest Polish jokes, for example, you went to a Polish guy. A Jewish person had the best jokes about Jewish people, and so on. I didn't recall hearing many German jokes. I'm sure Germans have humor, but it's probably so planned and organized that no one else would find it funny. See? There's an example of self-depreciating jokes. Like I said, a lot of people are offended by any kind of humor. I'm sure my little joke would offend somebody, 
even if you're not offended these days, don't worry. People will step up and be offended on your behalf. I just hope this phenomena passes during my lifetime for the good of the country and the world. Well, that wraps up episode 58 of the OFNT podcast. I guess it's now an episode of record akin to the New York Times. I just... I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you, and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you want. Tell me what you liked and disliked. I'd love to hear from you. To those who celebrated, Merry Christmas. I hope Santa is good to you. But be safe. See you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now finish your eggnog and get off my lawn. I'm out. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.